Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Family, listen. My name is Minister John Davis. I'm the pastoral intern here at Word Overcomers Christian Church, and I want to invite you. I want to welcome you into this moment. We're so glad that you decided to take time out of your Wednesday to be here, to get that midweek refill, to get that recharge that you need so you can continue on this path that God has for your life. I do have a word for you for these, for these next 35, 40 minutes, and let's get straight into it. If you have a Bible, come with me. We're going to go to two passages of Scripture. The first passage of Scripture is Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 through 2, and then I'm going to go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, and read down from verse 22 all the way down to verse 29. So let's go. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Now let's jump all the way over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And it says, Jesus quickly made his disciples get into a boat and cross to the other side ahead of him while he sent the people away. After sending the people away, he went up to the mountain, to a mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. The boat, now hundreds of yards from shore, was being thrown around by the waves because it was going against the wind. Between three and six o'clock in the morning, he came to them, Jesus came to them. He was walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost, and began to scream because they were afraid. Immediately, Jesus said, calm down, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, order me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come, come on. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. The title that I have for this message for the next couple of moments, what we're going to talk about is get out. Get out. Now, bow your head. Let me pray for you real quick. Now, Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this moment together. Father, we pray that you will make the complex simple, that you will specially tailor this word for everybody, every heart, every mind, every ear that is listening or watching or who's going to listen and all who's going to watch. Father God, we believe that everything that is said and done in this moment will edify, will glorify your name and also empower your people. For this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Get out. Get out. So I remember when growing up, whenever there was a major holiday, whenever there was Christmas, whenever there was Thanksgiving, whenever Easter came around, all of the family, all of the crew, all of my cousins, my aunts, my my uncles, we will all get together at a central location for that family function at the matriarch of our family, my grandmother's house. Each household would bring their different specialty items that they cooked that everyone liked. And we would all come together and share a meal. We would break bread with each other. We would fellowship. 
And then at some point when the eating started to die down, what we would do is that you would begin to see different games being brought out to play. There would be a table over here of some family members playing Scrabble, you know, the real educated, intelligent people who just know big words for whatever reason. And then there will be another table of people who are playing Uno. And then at the main table, at the head table, the master table, and you can only be at this table if you knew how to play this game. You can only be at this table if you were invited to play. And that game that we played at that table, at the head table, was a game called Phase 10. And the objective of Phase 10 is that, ironically, there are 10 phases to the game. And in order to move from one phase to another, you had to have the requirements of that current phase. So for example, one phase could be you need a set of three and a run of four. A set of three is you gotta get three of the same number and then a run of four is that you have to get four cards that go in numerical order. So it can be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever. But in order, when you, once you get those things and you present your cards after you've been drawn from the deck and building your hand, then you can advance to the next phase. But if, the, if everybody else or if just one person gets their phase and their cards are done and they've used every card that they had, then they get to move on to the next phase, but you have to stay in this cycle right here. You have to stay on this phase. You're not allowed to advance until you meet the requirements that that phase has set. And in Genesis chapter 12, the, the passage that we just read, we see in this passage, just in those two verses, that God is taking Abraham from one phase to another phase. He's saying, you know what? You've been in this phase for a while. You've been in this area, Haran, for a while. It is time for you to go to the next phase, go to a land that I want to show you, a land that I'm going to make you a great nation out of, a land that I'm going to bless your name with, a land that I'm going to give you descendants as numerous as the stars. It's time for you to go to the next phase. And what I understand is that just like phase 10, well, really, phase 10 may have gotten this from life. I understand that that was a transition that God took Abraham from. And I, have, I understand that transitions are just phases in life because they're never the end. A transition is never the end. A phase is never the end. It's just the middle place to a new beginning because you were never meant to stay where you started. There are people, I know there's people who may be watching right now who are like, you know what, I feel like I'm going in circles. I feel like I'm in the same rut. I feel like I'm not moving forward. I feel like I'm not making any progress. I feel like I'm in the same cycle. I feel like it's the same routine every time I wake up and nothing has changed. But we have to understand that there is a thing called a transition. There's a transition that we have to go through through life if we want to advance, if we want to get to the next phase. There are certain requirements that we have to meet. So the purpose of this message tonight, the purpose of this message, whenever you may be listening or watching, is, is that I want us to be able to identify and capitalize on what I like to call destiny transitional moments. Those moments in life where you're just like, wait a minute, there's a door opening, wait a minute, there's favor over here, wait a minute, I see light at the end of the tunnel, there's something there for me. I, I categorize that as a destiny transition where God is opening a door of opportunity and if you're prepared, if you're willing to go through it, you can go through it and there's something on the other side, there's a new level, there's a new phase, there's a new stage, there's a new place, a new subject that you may have never been to before 
forward, and God is trying to expose you to that in this moment. So when I see these transitional requirements that we just saw in Scripture, I also see these things called transitional wisdom. Transitional wisdom. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, the verse that we've read numerous times, that the Lord said to Abraham, the Lord said to Abram, excuse me, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So the first piece of transitional wisdom I see in this text, I see in the scriptures that we read, is that God gives vision to a committed person, not a committee. Let's think about that for a second. God gives vision. God gives vision. God gives sight to a committed person, not a committee. When Peter recognized that it was the Lord out there, he didn't have time to take a census with the apostles to say, hey, do you think I should go out there? Abraham, when he heard from God, didn't have time to try and convince his family that he heard from God. He didn't try to get their approval on it. And actually, in the scriptures, in Genesis 12, we see that God spoke to Abraham. But let's go to Genesis 11, the last two verses of Genesis 11. And it says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they went out to Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. And then we see in the next verse, the next chapter, God told Abraham, go out, go out of the country, leave your father, leave your father's household, and go to a land that I'm going to show you. What we have to realize is that some people have allowed time to pass them by. They have allowed time to pass them by. They have allowed the door of opportunity to shut on them. And now they want to hold you hostage so you don't try to reach for something that they didn't have the guts or the faith to reach for. We can make the argument by reading the scripture that God's intention, original intention was for Terah, Abraham's father, to get to Canaan to get to that land flowing with milk and honey. But for some reason, when he was on his journey, he got to Haran and he stopped. He got comfortable. So there are times where you have to realize, yeah, I'm not waiting for the approval of a committee. I'm not waiting for the approval of people who really don't have a stake in my destiny. Listen, you better get out before they try to keep you in. Some of us have held up our vision. Some of us have held up our dreams. Some of us have held up our goals because we allowed a committee to decide what God told us. We've allowed a committee to influence the word of the Lord that we heard for ourselves. But the reality is you don't have to wait for anybody. You need to get wise counsel. You need to ask the Lord for discernment to, to be able to discern what is foolish counsel and what is wise counsel. But listen, there are going to be people who try to get you off track. There are going to be people who try to turn you around. There are people who are going to be people who try to get you comfortable with the thing that they have gotten comfortable with. But the reality is God gave you a vision of more than what they're in right now. God has given you a vision that's beyond what they can imagine. It sounds crazy to them because you're expecting God to show them what he showed you, and that's not how that works. You have to be able to make the decision, to be bold, and say, you know what, I'm going to the other side. 
God gave me a picture. God gave me a vision. I interpreted what he said, and I don't have time for a committee. I don't have time for your input because when I'm telling you what I'm about to do, I'm not coming for your input. I'm coming to give you information. I'm not coming for your permission. I'm coming to let you know what's about to happen. God is telling me to go here, so guess what? I'm going here. God is telling me to go there, so guess what? I'm going there. I'm not waiting for man's approval for what God has already gave me his stamp to do. I'm not waiting for man's approval for God to be like, okay, well, you got sister so-and-so, and you got brother so-and-so's approval, so I guess that means it's good. No, I trust on the Lord. I trust in the Lord. I trust in his word. I trust in his promises. And if somebody can't see that, that's okay because their sight is not my sight. So a piece of transitional wisdom, God gives vision to a committed person, not a committee. In verse 2 of that Genesis 12 chapter, it says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. The second piece of transitional wisdom, the second nugget that I see is that it's not just a transition, but it's also a transformation. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The reality is you'll always be indecisive when it comes to making decisions if your mind isn't constantly being renewed. Your mind will never be renewed if you can't go through a transformation period, and you'll never be transformed if you can't transition. Because the reality of transitions is that transitions change you before they change your surroundings. Because before I get new, before I get new wine, I have to get new wineskin first. I get new wine skin before I get new wine. I go look at houses before I go purchase a house. I go look out and test drive cars before I purchase a car. I go try on clothes, hopefully, before I buy the clothes and take them home with me. There's something on the inside that has to happen before something on the outside can manifest. You're not going to be able to go into this new thing acting an old way. When I moved from my ministry that I was working at, my family's church in Michigan, and moved here to North Carolina, and then eventually got hired at World Overcomers, some things, some practices that I had from doing ministry in Michigan did not transfer over here with me because I understood I was in a new territory. I understood that I was in a new state. I understood that I was in a different ministry and that some of those old ways were not going to work in this new place. And sometimes we go into new things acting old and we disqualify ourselves and the new thing has no choice but to spit us out. The new thing has no choice but to regurgitate us out because we don't belong. We haven't changed. We haven't molded ourselves. We haven't learned about the environment that we're in. We haven't learned about how we're supposed to carry ourselves in this new place. We haven't opened our mind. We haven't expanded our mind. We haven't learned new things. So you have to understand that you have to do something new if you're going to go and stay into something new. Because it's not just a transition, it's a transformation as well. 
Matthew 14, verse 25, it said, Between three and six o'clock in the morning, he came to them. He was walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost, and began to scream because they were afraid. Immediately, Jesus said, calm down, it's me. Don't be afraid. So the third piece, the third piece of transitional wisdom that I see in this text is that it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. What do I mean by that? In the Genesis passage that we've read, we see that God said, Abraham, I'm going to take you to a land and show you a land. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make you a great people. I'm going to bless your name and cause your name to be great. But though Abraham was promised land, the Bible says that he dwelt in tents while looking for a city. Because when God gives you a vision, it doesn't always work the way you envisioned it. That's a tough pill to swallow. That when God gives you a vision, it doesn't always work the way that you envisioned it. Because vision is important. Hear me clearly. Vision is important. The Bible says in the book of Habakkuk that write the vision, make it plain, so you, while you're running, you can read it. While you're ascribing to it, you can read it. While you're on that path, you can read it while you run. So vision is important. Vision is critical. Vision is necessary because it's that drive that's going to keep you going. Vision is that picture that's going to keep you going. It's going to keep the fire alive. It's going to keep you dedicated when you don't want to be dedicated. It's going to keep you on track when you don't want to be on track. So vision is necessary and important to you and important for you. But the reality is God is obligated to his word, not your picture. God is obligated to his word, not your picture. God is obligated to what he said, not your interpretation of what he said. Because oftentimes we try to hold God to our ways and our thoughts of how something should unfold, but we still have a problem realizing that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Because sometimes the picture that God gives us, sometimes the picture that we make is not what God has for us. Nine times out of ten, bump that, ten times out of ten, the picture of what God really has for us is bigger and far more expansive than any picture we could have made and created on the inside of our hearts and on the inside of our minds. Because we have to understand that transition, as I'm going through this transition, transitions result in more unfolding of God's amazing plan for my life. Because God gives you more along the journey than he does in the beginning. He doesn't always give you a road map with turn-by-turn directions. Sometimes God doesn't even get in the car with you. He'll tell you to go north, and you'll be like, what's north? And God will be like, well, if you go north, I guess you're going to find out now, aren't you? We have to understand that, yeah, God's not going to give me the total picture of where I'm going to be and what I'm going to have to go through to get to the other side, to get in this boat, to walk on the water, to do this new thing. God's not always going to give me the full picture. There are certain things that I learn along the way as I take steps forward, as I become obedient, as I sacrifice, as I listen. There are things that I learn learn along the way. Because 
We always want the Lord to make the crooked path straight. We always want the Lord to do this. We always want the Lord to do that. And there are times where the Lord is going to step in and go before you and make the crooked path straight and do that thing that you could not have done in your own power. But I've also found out that there are times where the Lord will lead me to a desert before he provides the water that's going to nourish me. There are times where the Lord will lead me through a wilderness before he clears it and provides a path for me to walk on. Because maybe there's something that I need to learn about my environment. Maybe there's something I need to learn in this environment before he comes to rescue me. Maybe there's something that I need to learn. Maybe there's favor in this place. Maybe there's some knowledge that I need in this place. Maybe there's some wisdom that I need in this place. Maybe I need to be humbled in this place. Maybe I've gotten so full of myself in this place that God needs to wipe the slate clean. Maybe there's something that I can learn in the desert that water wouldn't teach me. Maybe there's something something in the wilderness that I can learn that a clear path won't teach me. Maybe there's something here that I need to learn. So before I ask God, before I throw in the towel because things are getting hard, because things are getting difficult, maybe there's something that I need to learn in the midst of it all so I can learn how and understand how to value sight and value insight. So then the Bible says in verse 28, Matthew 14, 28, Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, order me to come to you on the water. The fourth piece of transitional wisdom that I see in this passage is that if it becomes too familiar, it becomes uncomfortable and chaotic. If it becomes too familiar, it becomes uncomfortable and chaotic. Because they were on this storm. They're in, they're in the water. They're, they're, on, they're on the sea. They, they, got, they did what Jesus said. They're in the boat. And now the storm, now nature is just going bananas. But we have to understand that Peter, the apostle Peter, was a fisherman. He's used to being in a boat when water is a little crazy. He understands a thing or two about storms. He understands a thing or two about how to navigate through them. But during the storm, what was once familiar became so uncomfortable. It became so chaotic for him that he said, you know what? I need to get out of here. I need to step on the water. Is there a way out of here? I've been in boats all the time. I've been on water for so long. I'm looking for something new. I'm tired of fishing. I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Is there something new that I can do? Is there something, is there a new place where I can go? Is there something that I can look forward to and advance to? I'm, I've always been in this place, but I'm tired of being in boats. I'm tired of being in the same thing. I'm uncomfortable in where I've always been, and it's starting to become chaotic. And for some of us, we know what this means. We understand what this means. Because some of us have been in our boats too long. Some of us have been doing the same thing for way too long. And I get it. Listen, I understand that this place may have been a blessing. It may have been your, it may have been your place. It may have saved you from a famine. It may have saved you from lack. It may have provided you with income. It may have gave you a sense of peace. It may have provided you with some aspect of your purpose. It may have made you comfortable. But I'm here to let you know that that boat has served its purpose. And it is time for you to get out that person has served their purpose. It's time for you 
to leave. That job has served its purpose and it is time for you to move on. This place, this cycle that you have been in has served its purpose and now it is time to go. Because what was once familiar has now become too familiar and now it has gotten uncomfortable and now I'm ready to get out. Because, you know, you, you got this promotion and you're wondering, why am I still not happy? Why, why am I not happy in this place? What has happened? God, am I in sin? What's going on? Have I done something wrong? Have I missed the mark? Did I not hear you? Did I ignore something that you said to me? I don't understand what's going on. Why is this happening? But the reality is, you know why. You know why this is happening. Because what was once your breakthrough has now become your bondage. What was once an oasis has now become an obstacle. Because once it becomes too familiar, it starts to get annoying. And the reality is you're mad at God because you're tired of manna. And God is telling you, who told you to get comfortable with manna? Who told you? To enjoy this, who told you that this was it? This was just a temporary solution to a long-term goal. You're tired of manna because you've been eating it longer than I anticipated and planned for you to eat it. The reason, why you're, the reason why you're annoyed, the reason why you're uncomfortable, the reason why it's becoming chaotic is because you put a period where God put a comma. You've gotten too comfortable. You're wondering, why am I not comfortable at this job? I got a promotion. Because the promotion was never the land flowing with milk and honey. You, you gleaning all the knowledge from this business and then going out to start your own was the land flowing with milk and honey. You're wondering why you're not feeling satisfied. It's because you stopped midway. God told you to go to Canaan, but you, for some reason, got comfortable in Haran and decided, I'm going to stay here. But I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that over everybody who's watching. I rebuke that over everybody who's listening that, yeah, you should be uncomfortable. Yep, it should be chaotic. Why? Because you were never meant to stay in the wilderness. You were never meant to stay in this place. You are supposed to be in a place where there's milk and honey flowing. Yep, manna was cool for a period of time. Yep, manna was an answer prayer for a period of time. But now you are getting annoyed with it because it's time to go. It's time to get to that next it's time to go to the place where you're actually supposed to be you've gotten too comfortable with the last thing that God has done for you that you have not moved on to the next thing that he wants to do for you You were supposed to get in the boat. After that last thing that God did for you, you were supposed to get in the boat quickly and go to the other side. But you stayed with the multitude. You stayed with the people. You stayed in a place that became familiar. You stayed in a place that, came, that became comfortable. Because guess what? It took you a long time to get to where you're at now. It took you a while to get to this place. It took you a while to get this education. It took you a while to get this person. So you want to stay comfortable. You're like, yeah, I don't want to go through another another faith fight. I don't want to go through another battle, so I'm going to stay here and get comfortable when that's not God's plan. You're supposed to have a 24-hour rule. You're supposed to celebrate what God has done for you, but then you're supposed to pack your bag and say, God, where are we going next? Where's the next the next big adventure where's the next phase that you have for me where are we going next what should I pack 
What should I do? Tell me where you just want me to go. Point me in the direction and I will go there. We're upset with God because we're tired of manna. And God is saying, who told you in the first place to get comfortable with manna? That was just a temporary solution to a long-term goal. And then finally, the last one, verse 29, Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. And the last piece of transitional wisdom that I see in this text is that you should expect what's uncomfortable to assist you in your next and in your purpose. You should expect what has been getting on your nerves, what you're tired of, to assist you in your exit, to assist you in your next. I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to jump to, the, to Luke chapter 8, verse 1. It, it, it ties well with the scripture. And it says, after this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had came out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, we know who Herod is because when the wise men came to Herod and said that a king had been born, Herod made a decree and made sure that all boys, all boys, all the boys, two years and younger, were killed so that his kingdom would not be in jeopardy with this supposed new king that's supposed to come on the scene. So Herod, we understand that in the beginning, Herod tried to kill Jesus. And because and even in his adult years, Herod wants to kill Jesus because Jesus is proclaiming a kingdom other than Herod's, and that makes Jesus a political threat. But somehow Jesus is still able to travel around announcing his submersive message of a different kingdom than Herod's because there is a group of women who travel with Jesus and pay his bills, including a woman named Joanna who, gets, who has a lot of money because her husband is a household manager. He is the chief of staff who gets, by, who gets paid by Herod. So in other words, Herod is indirectly funding the very resistance moving movement that he's trying to stamp out. I need you to understand that that thing that has annoyed you, this phase that has annoyed you, this place that has annoyed you, it's going to assist you whether it knows it or not in your exit. It's going to assist you whether you know it or not to fulfilling your purpose. It's going to assist you to get to that next place because you, because they, you don't understand that they're going to help you. They're not going to understand why. They may not even understand why, but they're going to be helping me. And you're going to look back and say, you know what? You tried to kill me, but you ended up supporting me. You tried pushing me out, but in actuality, you ended up pushing me in. You tried to embarrass me, but you just ended up creating a platform for me to stand on. You're going to look back and say that they tried it. You tried to take me out. You tried to do this. You tried to do this, that, and the other. When I was trying to go to my next, you tried to fall 
foil my plans, but you ended up just helping me. You tried to foil my plans, but you ended up giving me the drive that I needed. You tried to foil me. You tried to stamp me out. You tried to get rid of me. You tried to hurt me. But at the end of the day, all you did was help me get closer to where I needed to be. You helped me get closer to where God has called me to be. You helped me get out of this phase to go to the next phase. You have helped me with my exit. You helped me get out of that mess. Your enemies, the people who are plotting against you, they don't realize it, but they're helping you get to the next phase. They're helping you get to that next place. They're helping you get to the next stage, the next subject, the next place that God has for you. Whether they realize it or not, they're helping your purpose come to pass. They're helping they're helping you and they're assisting God and you getting done what you need to get done, whether they know it or not. And I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about this topic. I'm passionate about get out because I've lived this. In 2019, I got to a point where I was like, Lord, I need a transition. I need something to happen. I need you to do something for me. I'm tired of being in this same cycle. I'm tired of being in this same place. I need you to do something new for me. I need you to open a door. I need you to make a way. I need there to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I need you to do something. And the Lord allowed me to cross paths with a man called Pastor Andy Thompson. And after one conversation, one conversation, at the end of that conversation, he said to me, you know, son, if you really feel like you're supposed to be connected with me, if you really feel like there's a connection between us, I'm going to challenge you to do something. Pack up your stuff, move from Michigan, move here to North Carolina, and see what the Lord does for you. See what God does for you in this moment. See what God does for you here, and let's just see what happens. That man didn't promise me a place to stay. That man did not promise me a job. That man did not promise me, yeah, I'm going to connect you with this person. He just told me to step out, make the transition, do something that you've never done before, and let's just see what God does. And I got to a point where he said that to me, there was an overwhelming sense of peace that came around me. There was an overwhelming, an overwhelming sense of purpose that came around me. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. So after that call, I told my parents, I said, look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm moving here. I told family, I told friends, everybody, I'm moving to North Carolina. What you going to do for work? I don't know. Where you going to live? I don't know. Why are you moving? Because I feel the Lord leading me this way, and Pastor Andy told me to do it, and I trust his voice. And there were people who were saying, John, you crazy. You got job opportunities here. You got doors of opportunities here. You can just stay here in the circle. We'll just put you in a different leg of the race, but you can still stay in this circle and keep running around and around and around. And I said, no, I can't stay here because I refuse to die in Egypt. I refuse to die in this wilderness. It's time for me to go. It's time for me to get out. I'm not going to miss this door. I'm not going to miss this opportunity. I'm not going to miss what God has for me because I heard a word from Pastor Andy that said no matter how long it's been in waste, no longer, no matter how long you have to wait, when you're with God, you can make up time in the air. And literally 30 days after moving here, I got hired to work at one of the fastest growing church in America. Literally 30 days after moving here, I bought property in my name. You don't believe me? I got the property tax receipt 
to prove it. Listen, and then I also started traveling around the globe doing ministry because I had to move. I trusted God. I needed to get out of here. I needed to get out of the state that I was in. I needed to get out of the cycle that I was in. And people have been saying, how did you get in? What makes you so special? Where did you come from? How do you got a seat at the table? How did you move up in the rank and file? Because when God opens a door and you decide to move, you can dig out of that sunken place. You can get out of that cycle. You can get out of that bondage and you can make up time in the air. Can I prophesy that? over you. Prophesy that to everybody who's watching. Prophesy that to everybody who's listening that this is your exodus. This is your exodus. You will no longer allow people to hold you hostage. You will no longer allow your current level of education to hold you hostage. You will no longer allow your last blessing to become your prison. You will no longer, you will no longer keep trying to fit into places that you have clearly outgrown. You will stop trying to please people who are stuck on addition and subtraction while you're over here doing calculus. You will stop rereading this chapter and going in the circle round after round around over and over you will move on because it's time for you to get out it's time for you to get out of that sunken place it's time for you to get out of that stupor it's time for you to get out of that living hell it's time for you to get out of that job it's time for you to get out of that city it is time for you to get up and take up your bed and walk it is time for a transition it is time for an open door, and it is time for you to get to that next phase that God has for you. You need to move. You need to do something different. I know we all, one of the songs that we sing here at Word of Recurrence is that atmosphere shift now, but in order for that atmosphere to shift, you first got to shift yourself. You got to do something different. You got to be open to God doing something suddenly in your life. You got to be open to God making a way out of no way. You got to be open to God doing something that goes against previous protocols. You got to be open to God doing something that invalidates the last thing that he did. You have to be open to God making a way out of no way and doing something that no eye has seen and that no ear has heard. Because it is time to get out. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your people. We thank you for this moment of clarity. We thank you, Father, that the light bulb has went off on somebody's head. We believe, Father God, that somebody has gotten the encouragement that they need. They have gotten the fuel that they need. They have gotten the recharge that they need. They have gotten the direction that they need to go to their next and to make the transition and stick with the transition. We believe, Father God, that you do all things well. We believe, Father God, that you're doing a new thing. We believe, Father God, that we are going to perceive it. We are believing, Father God, that you're about to provide a river in the desert, that you're, you're about to provide a road in the wilderness, and that you're about to do something that we couldn't even dare to dream or ask you for. We give you the praise, God. We give the glory, we give the honor, and we sign up for duty. We're announcing today, Father God, in this moment, that, yep, we're getting in the boat and we're going to the other side. It is time for us to get out. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And it's in your name, your son's name that we pray. Amen.
and amen. Listen, on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Andy Thompson, and First Lady LaShawn Thompson, we want to thank you for being with us in this moment for this Wednesday refill. I know it's Wednesday when, when we're airing this, but it may be a Tuesday when you're watching. It may be a Sunday when you're watching. It may, you may be up late right now and can't sleep, and you just may happen to stumble across our platform. But we want you to know that it is by design, it is not by mistake that you're here in this moment that you heard this word, and we want to thank you for being with us. Again, just want to reiterate some of the announcements that we mentioned earlier. We have started our winter revival here at Ward Overcomers. Pastor Keon Henderson just preached this past Sunday, and let me tell you something. We are off to a really good start here at Ward Overcomers. So we want to invite you to the building this Sunday, as we have the Reverend herself, the Elder herself, Marissa Farrell, here in the building at Water Recomers. If you're in the surrounding area, we want to make sure that you are in the room here Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship, for the word, and to be revived again. We love you, and we hope to see you this Sunday, and we hope to see you next week for Bible study, and we hope to see you the week after that, the week after that, the week after that, because you are family and you are a world overcomer. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.